This is reposted. Every morning, Larry and I dig into a quote or idea that has caught our eye. Our hope is that our chat inspires you to never stop thinking and possibly challenges you in a new way. Thank you for stopping by. Axios, Politico, The Big Lead, The Weekly Reader, and recently Reuters, all new le- newsletters that I currently belong to. An article in The Atlantic says newsletters will in fact survive cockroaches and everything else. And by the way, they've been here since mankind existed. The Romans brought the newsletter into existence later in the Middle Ages. Newsletters became common forms of communication among extended families, traders, and those looking to share information in a format that eventually led to, yes, the newspaper. Great article in The Atlantic. Here's a quote from it. The typically digestible length, coupled with the simple minimalist format, an easily shareable single page of content written on papyrus, pecked out on a typewriter, or thumbed on an iPhone helps explain the longevity. But the solid fuel thruster that rocketed the newsletter format to the edge of the atmosphere during the decade since your 14K modem first connected to the web, and that has pushed it into the stratosphere in 2021, is the newsletter's inseparability from its ancient, by internet standards, delivery email. Andrew Keller, let's start with, do you have any newsletters that you belong to? No, I hate newsletters. What? <laughs> you know, I understand why they're popular, but I don't like them. They're, uh, it's another example of me not understanding what the mass is like. I acknowledge that people love them, but they're not for me. Uh, you obviously said you belong to a bunch. What is it about them that you like? Like, why don't you just go to their website every day? So I first realized this in something that happened to me like 10 years ago. I was talking to a friend and we'd both gotten subscriptions to New York Times and he was saying he loved reading the book reviews. And I was like, why would you read book reviews? And then I started reading book reviews like, oh yeah, I don't need to read the whole book. I just need to read the book reviews. I'm going to get the good nuggets just from the reviews. So having this information from places I like coming to me all in one spot, and I don't got to read it all. I just got to read like the headlines from it is enough for me. That's why I like newsletters. I think, yeah, that's the most um, widely accepted version of a newsletter. I think the thing that makes them powerful that people use for making money off of them is uh, just kind of being dabbling in the real estate world more recently, like curating your client list and always having an excuse to be in front of them. And I'm sure, I don't know how they do it, but these newsletters that you subscribe to are probably also driving you or its readership to subscription-based content or ways to make money. So they're not just fun, free information. No, but email is free, but it's not free in a larger perspective as well. It's funny you say that because we bought a house in the last year. I subscribed to my real estate agent's newsletter. It usually has nothing good in it, but I'm like, oh, I feel sort of connected to my real estate agent. Yeah. And then one day if you sell or buy another house, like they will be at the front of your mind. And that's why it's kind of necessary for brands to always be putting stuff out. And that's why (laughs) when you buy something like online from Banana Republic, all of a sudden they sign you up for their newsletter. It's like everyone wants to be in that coveted newsletter spot where they're getting your attention on a, on a daily basis, which to me is kind of crazy because I don't want it. I don't want to hear these things, but, um, like a lot of things in the world, what I think is important isn't for everyone else. 
So, yeah, as we talk here, I realize that I belong to a newsletter that I get every week from my church. I get a newsletter from my kid's school. It goes on and on and on. So, but here's the one point that I would like to push back on you and your love and hate for the newsletter. Like, you can subscribe and unsubscribe to it. Like, if you don't like it, you could look for a little while and be like, ah, that doesn't give the information I want. And then you could just unsubscribe. Yeah, if you if you sign up for it, I would say the majority of people's newsletters they didn't consciously subscribe to. Like we were at the airport and we were waiting to board and Nicole spent 20 minutes just going through her phone, unsubscribing to newsletters that she doesn't want so it doesn't clutter her inbox. I mean, do you feel like these newsletters that you're reading gives you more trust for that brand or that news source because or do you feel more connected to Axios because you hear from them every day? Well, that was one of the art, art, um, Points. arguments made in this um, article was that you feel more connected to this brand when they send you something. And in some instances, you can email them back. I don't necessarily feel like there's a connection because one of them I belong to is called The Big Lead. And it's sort of a roundup of like entertainment yeah. and sports. And I have no idea who's even running that. But I just like their curation of what it provides for me. I think also, I mean, it's like a billboard. The, the more eyeballs that can see it, the more likely you are to go to the big lead later, like after reading. Like, it's just, they want you, that name to be at the front of your mind. Again, I think they're great. Well, I think that they serve their purpose and there's a reason they're around. I think the analogy that this article makes, it, it's like it, it's like cockroaches will survive the nuclear winter that... Uh, <laughs> If we all die, there will still be uh, newsletters <laughs> being sent to the cockroaches. You know, um, one of the things it says in this article, too, which I feel like I'm once again trying to persuade you, it says newsletters are patient. I send you something. You can read it when you want to. Like it's there. And, you know, oftentimes I find myself just deleting like when I'm on vacation or whatever, just to do. But it's like it's not pressuring me. It's there if I want it. Yeah, you're you're. We're both a different generation. We, I mean, we talked recently about the metaverse. Do you think your kids will like the fact that the newsletter is waiting for them or there's so much competing for their attention or not even your kids, you could say kids in general, when they become adults, like there's so much vying for their attention. Will they go and say, oh, this has been waiting for me. I'm going to read this newsletter now. That That is a fair question. And I got to be honest, I have absolutely no clue thinking about it, like whether newsletters will be relevant to people that are like nine to 12 to 13 right now. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I guess to the point of this, it's been around since before the newspaper. So maybe it'll find a way to adapt because it used to be on the written page and now it's an email format. And maybe it's going to be a version of a video newsletter that, that gives you graphics and, and video, maybe. Maybe we should invent a video newsletter and send that out. Let's do that. You know, one of the other ways too, like some people use Twitter as a newsletter. You kind of have the subject that you like to follow. And then in like five minutes, you could just have all of the topics you want covered with right. one scroll. Or, which I know you're not on this, but TikTok, if it, it huh. the algorithm reads what you're into. So like when you first get on it, it's people dancing. What I get now is stock tips and um, construction videos on on either soothing, watching them smooth the concrete or tips on how to fix things. Are you familiar with Substack? No. So it's a subscription like a lot of writers from like the New York Times and other major big publications, basically like a subscription service, not titled to like a newspaper. And it's really been growing. And a lot of these major organizations have been losing their big writers to this thing called Substack. 
So content creators are going to Substack versus this is like leaving the times because they didn't like how they were paid. And this is all basically, uh, you know, subscriber based and they only make money if they have a lot of subscribers. Oh, yeah. Like a Patreon or. Yeah, essentially a Patreon for writers. Yeah. Huh. My favorite one, I just need to put this. It's called Bro Bible. This is the one that I really feel connected to. It's like kind of a dude's thing. And like quarterly, they'll send me like, hey, here's the 10 things dudes need. And it's like a pocket knife or the latest water bottle. I don't ever buy it, but I'm like, they kind of go out of their way to tell me like what dudes need. And I feel connected to Bro Bible. Everyone I've ever known that's had a pocket knife has had one confiscated at the airport. Yeah, it's part of who you are and you forget Damn you it. have it. Damn it. You're yeah, right. You well, if you want to join my Substack, please reach out. <laughs> Find us at Reposted Podcast on Substack. I'm Andrew for the newsletter saying thanks for stopping by. Bye.